nothing makes more sense than protecting the planet that gave us all life and everything we have. But do you find yourself unable to keep going in the face of the relentless dire news about the state of the world? Do you worry about biodiversity loss and what a changing climate means? Are you struggling to take action or campaign to mitigate the nature and climate emergency? Most people who are gripped by fear, sadness, anger, anxiety, powerlessness and other strong emotions are vulnerable to episodes of burnout or hopelessness. Strong emotions drive change and earth and society are undoubtedly made better by compassionate people doing what they can to act on these issues. But constructive progress can often seem out of reach. This podcast is part of a collection of tools, creative responses and peer support networks that have emerged from a project called Eco-Anxious Resilient. In this series of six episodes, we'll be exploring a self-care planning tool that has the power to help when you're struggling. We'll be sharing conversations held between groups of peers and you'll hear authentic stories of struggle alongside all the ways people cultivate meaning, connection and hope. It is proven that when you are struggling, planning for your own self-care and connecting with resilient peers is an effective way to re-empower yourself and continue striving for the just and enlightened society you're aiming to bring about. We hope you find these conversations empowering. Listen to the end to find out details of how to connect with the project. In this episode, we'll be exploring the third question of the self-care planning tool, which asks us to consider what has helped me in the past if I have been struggling? I really restrict the de- what I would call the depressing films and books. I know what the problem is. And part of my distress is the fact that there's the people in power also know what it is. And for whatever reason, maybe they think it's not past that point or just that politics, the, the oil and gas and the military, that complex, that industrial complex is just too integrated in our society to actually be able to react to it so maybe it's got to fall and then you work in then you start thinking about academics like Jen Bendel who's gone the whole way and thinks um you know society is going to fall and we should uh, prepare for that deep adaptation and I'm not quite um there I'd rather live in the present and I I stopped drinking six years ago and I stopped smoking unfortunately because it was lovely and I, I I want to feel that pain directly um and a war analogy is, is problematic, but I do feel like a foot soldier and I do want to live every day and experience that, that excitement and that joy of actually looking at this wicked problem. And I actually enjoy my work. I think I've, I found my, I found my niche and um, unexpectedly. And I, I want to stay in that present moment. And I keep on going back to Donna Haraway, you know, staying with the trouble and actually being in the chaos, in the trouble, like being in a war, you get that kind of hit from it that um, that makes you more uh, resilient. And you, as in a war, you may survive or you may not. But the thing is, the present day, the present experience, and the camaraderie around you, which is why your peer groups like this uh, are so important. So, and that, those emotions and those feelings and that, that ideas, I, I think I've allowed myself a constant flow of being able to change how I feel and allowing myself to change how I feel. And as a, as a big white, mainly straight bloke is that you're constantly challenged and things constantly come up and make you change your mind. So it's a fantastic, I'm really lucky that I work in somewhere which is a constantly challenging environment. Um, and 
I get really involved as much as I can with social justice issues. So although I haven't got lived experience of being black or a woman or or any other other characteristic apart from what you see, I see my role as um, working against my peer group in a way to try and get people to accept that those social justice issues are linked to environmental issues and it's all part of 500 years of culture and history and psychology and macroeconomics and when I'm most frustrated I realize it's structural so it's usually like the boss won't say yes because if the boss says yes it just happens and I think a lot of what we're talking about is macro stuff so um, we're really struggling with changing things down here when up here there's there's big structural stuff that is stopping making it happen. But then there's hope as well, because COVID has shown how society can change really quickly. Suddenly we're all wearing masks, suddenly we're changing. So I think if media and marketing and, and government and corporations join in with COP, with what COP is saying, and there's there's still that hope that it's, it's uh, the sooner it happens, the less worse it is in the future, I think. But I, I still believe we're on that sliding scale. So I'm not a scientist, and uh, but, I recognise that it may be too late, but I don't think that's the issue. I think it sounds a bit corny, but it is the journey, not the destination. It's like it's the day to day. What, what am I doing today? And um, that's that's resilience for me that I'm doing something today. So, you know, my, my background is basically that I grew up in a family that had a lot of trouble with um, substance abuse, particularly alcoholism. And uh, many people who are struggling with mental ill health. And there was a lot of depression um, and fear in my immediate and extended family. And as a child, uh, I was an only child. And um, I, as a ch child, I, I, um, I, I just used to be drawn to stories about animals. Um, you know, I could get completely lost in books like Watership Down and Black Beauty and Ring of Bright Water and Wind in the Willows, um, Jungle Book even, um, and lots and lots of other stories. And um, I loved um, programmes, cartoons and documentaries on the television, um, all, all about animals. And I, ju I just connected with them um, somehow in a way that I really struggled to connect with uh, um, other members of my family. And, um, you know, I, I could, I mean, I could literally spend hours just lying on the floor and looking at a cat sleeping or a butterfly on a rose or, you know, a bee um, just going about its business collecting pollen or just watching the leaves and the trees and, it was such a comforter, comforter. It was so wonderful to be able to escape into these natural environments. And I mean, I know that the natural world is not a simple place and it's not always a fair place. And, um, you know, there's a lot of struggle and death. And uh, I, I don't have um, roast into glasses um, about the natural world. I just have a deep appreciation of the wonder um, that it inspires. And I am so desperately sad at the loss of these wonders. You know, and I, and I think about um, children in the future and um, I think, think about, you know, young people who might be growing up in similar circumstances. 
to me and um, I wonder if they will have the same opportunities that I did to be inspired by and get relief from and enjoy our wonderful environment and, and other animals. I think when I'm struggling with these emotions and these feelings of it's almost powerlessness or despair it just feels overwhelming for me connecting with something that is or someone that is really nurturing that is really wise that holds a lot of just calm wisdom about the earth and the our place in things um I find that really reassuring. I find that really helps me. I connect back into that bigger tapestry of everything. Um, and I experience that feeling of being like a small part. And yeah, I don't know. It's like understanding all the many connections again. I I definitely lack from that kind of female wise presence in my life now. I don't have uh, my mother or my grandmother here anymore. And for me, I think it's nature now. I see it, nature as like this mother, this wise mother that nurtures me, that I know that I can observe and and slow down with and and be part of that kind of flow like the the waves of it um and you know on a on a really like practical level that is just being like digging in the soil planting things I love I love planting and connecting with um the biodiversity around me thinking about things that are beautiful but also useful to um, me to eat my family but to all the kind of insects and the birds in my garden and all the other animals that I share the space with I love planning and thinking for that and um, what I'm going to grow where I'm going to plant things that brings me so much joy and I know it's like quite a positive act um, and even just like I love like going around and really getting close down into like the ground and the earth and like finding little what they call them um, pioneer seeds that have popped up we live really near woodland and there's always wee bird seedlings popping up and I even found a teeny little oak the other day and that was amazing <laughs> I love that um so I need to remember to to get outside and connect with mother nature when I'm struggling because that will always bring me back to myself I don't want to feel like I'm in denial though of um, the harsh side of Mother Nature, of the fact that um, there is destruction as well as bringing through life. Um, and I think it's something about that authenticity as well that I appreciate when I'm struggling. It, it's the truth of it. It is the fact that there's the dark and the light side. It's I'm not being pepped up and 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 told to kind of 
you know, it's okay, everything's okay. I, I want to be somewhere where I'm also seeing the truth of um life and death and 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 having that shown to me and and accepting it. That is incredibly important. I mean I I would say again like the meditation stuff is something that I've been doing probably for the last seven or eight years so even before I was kind of taking like um, walks in nature every day when we lived in the city before work I used to try and just do like a 10 minute meditation and I think it just sort of training the mind that way really really helped me and kind of uh, and and using sort of different sort of visualization techniques and sort of seeing your emotions and and uh, your thoughts almost like kind of cars and buses sort of passing by and not and choosing not to sort of engage in in the un- unhealthy ones or or sort of sort of choosing to let them go and another th- another thing that I I really keep hold of is that there's always like blue sky above clouds so um which is always like a really nice visualization because because it kind of means even if you if you're feeling a bit down or things aren't quite going right then there's always like the chance that it's going to get better Mm -hmm. so i think like yeah the meditation stuff is definitely definitely key to that and and I think before then, to be honest with you, I kind of didn't really have many coping mechanisms on like a daily basis. I think nature has always been something, but it used to be kind of like going to nature and do a big hike like three or four times a year, But it's, uh, which is great. But I find that, that having that daily thing that you do is, is really important to try and find that. I, 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 think, I think, yeah, moving from the city to having the countryside on your doorstep has definitely been really good. Um, and just, you know, the nature connection side of things is, is just absolutely huge. Yeah, but that's not to say making that change is has been easy, certainly in terms of like social, in, in a social sense and friends and being further away from family and friends has been quite difficult, but also... I think if you look at the bigger picture, I'm in a better kind of frame of mind than when I was kind of engrossed in the city every day. Um, And just kind of better habits, eating better, exercising more, drinking less alcohol, stuff like that. This question also connects with why having a self-care plan is incredibly helpful and some ideas on how to use it. Having a self-care plan that you've written when you are reasonably well, um, that is there for you when you're not well, is is a tremendous insurance uh, policy. When you're well, you're actually able to think these things through. But when you're not well, it can be even more difficult to think these things through and um, communicate your needs. And it's a great reference point. It's also a great thing uh, to have to help you understand yourself and also to see your progress um, because the, the self-care plan isn't something that should be, you know, just written and shoved in a, a drawer um, or saved on a hard drive somewhere. It's something that you can go back to and update 
you know, whenever you feel that that's necessary. And it is a way of uh, tracking your own sort of resilience and progress uh, on on both these emotional and practical sides of this question. The reason it's a good idea to have a self-care plan and to have this um, question in that self-care plan is that it's uh, so much more difficult to be able to communicate effectively when you are really, really um, struggling with life. And, you know, what, what, whatever the struggle is tends to take over. So, you know, in this case, it's uh, for people who struggle with severe um, eco-grief or eco-anxiety um, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but struggle with fear for the future and uh, the planet and uh, the loss of biodiversity. Um, and that can be overwhelming because of the very strong emotions that can come with that. The anger, the frustration, the powerlessness, the hopelessness, um, the loss. Oh, if, if, if you're anything like me, then... Um, you know, I, I wake up with, with these thoughts and I go to bed with, with these thoughts and uh, it's, a, it's a real struggle um, to kind of keep a lid on the strong emotions that, that come along. So, you know, what, what do you actually do with a self-care plan once you've actually written it? You know, could, could, can you share it with anybody, um, even with a doctor to have in your um, medical files? Uh, is, is there a friend that you could share it with or somebody in a peer support group you could share it with um you know who would you feel comfortable sharing it with you know think about also how often you would like to update it and revisit it given that this particular self self-care plan is so simple uh would you consider having a different self-care plan for different emotions you know, you might have a completely different uh, idea of how you want to approach something something when you're really angry to when you are feeling really powerless and hopeless. So think about whether or not two um, or more, uh, you know, just brief self-care plans could be helpful uh, for different kinds of situations. Can you memorize the five self-care questions and just keep them in mind for when you don't have the plan to hand, but you know that you're struggling and... Um, Maybe one of these questions could unlock um, a door for you and help you to see a way through the struggles. Um, and also, is there anybody that you know um, who you, you think a self-care plan might benefit? Um, it's great to have these five questions and this planning tool to share with other people when they are struggling. Another supportive element of the project has been creative writing and the sharing of these original pieces in something we hope will become a daily reader celebrating Earth. These pieces have been shared at peer support groups and offer another way into discussion as well as understanding the issues from a different perspective. This is a piece entitled Clear Summer. Another beautiful summer's day, warm, cloudless, full of promise. The summer is usually what happens in the south of these islands, not here. Not the typical rainy, not warm two or three months, punctuated by some of the most beautiful, breathtaking, sunny days on this earth. Those days worth waiting for. Rejoicing as my vegetables and flowers grow, 
puzzling as some plants needed watering to survive. That never was a thing here. Rachel Carson said, those who contemplate the beauty of the earth find reserves of strength that will endure as long as life lasts. My reserves are dwindling. There's only a small number of insects in my garden compared to earlier years. Budlias, butterfly bushes, attract only a few each year rather than the veritable hordes of a few years ago. A clear summer, clear skies, clear of insects. I rescue bees exhausted from the heat and the drought. Various insects, birds, and mammals visit the water receptacles I fill. My garden turns brown. I water the budlias and am rewarded by the butterflies return. I wander in the woods on the too, too hot days, breathing in rich smells, filling my eyes with dappled green leaves, being tickled by bracken, resting in shade offered by venerable trees, marveling in the ancient wisdom of boulders. Sitting on the earth, I'm not swarmed by the small beings that would have lived here because there are not so many of them now. Struggling, I remember I come to the woods to find solace and assurance. Relaxing into the present, connecting with all beings, sentient and non-sentient, heals me just for today. Enough to fill my reserves just for today. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Wendell Bear. Thank you for listening. We hope these conversations resonated with you and please join us again where we'll be exploring the next question, which is, who can I speak to if I'm really struggling? You can find out more about the project Eco Anxious Resilient at surefruiteffect.com. This project was made possible with a grant from the National Lottery Community Fund Scotland, Together for Our Planet programme.